coming soon to a theater near you. It's the Equalizers, a bi-weekly podcast where two idiots drop a cinema sibling in the lap of a perfectly content solo film. My name is Mike Noll, and I am joined, as always, by the sequel to my prequel, Madison Jones. Madison Jones, are you in good form? Um, it's pretty rough, right? <laughs> pretty rough. I like the pause you took before that pun. Oh, God. Oh, hold on. I'm getting a phone call. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah, it's fine. Cool. cool. We can cut this. Cool. Um, hello? I who is this? I don't I don't think I know a, a cool dog of any kind. State your business. I'm gonna hang up now. <laughs> Are you done with your phone call, Madison? Yeah, I'm done with my okay. phone call. Because, I mean, we have a guest in the studio hanging out in the chill zone with our own cool dog, Joe Chill. I forgot about Joe Chill. Is he okay? Has anybody been feeding Joe Chill? Holy shit. And you know Joe Chill can feed himself because he's a cool dog. Hey, uh, guys, your your dog offered me some cigarettes. <laughs> Did you take them? No. If you're cool, if you take them. Yeah. Yeah, he, he mocked me relentlessly for, for saying no to his drugs. It's actually a test. If you take them, he knows you're not cool. Is Joe Cool a cop? <laughs> Joe Cool is definitely a cop. Welcome back to the show, Daniel Na. Daniel, welcome. Hello. It is I who let the dogs out. Oh, shit. They found him. <laughs> so wait, is that... Is Joe Chill one of the dogs that the Baja men let out? Is this like a genetically engineered dogs? I actually like to think the whole movie of Cool Dog is what happens, like, post-letting <laughs> the dogs out. <laughs> It's like, an, it's like the effects of letting the dogs out. So the movie Cool Dog is in actuality a sequel to the Bahaman classic, <laughs> Who Let the Dogs Out? Yes. Okay. See, that's my pitch, though, too, is but there's other dogs. Like, it was a kennel of, like, genetically engineered dogs. There's, like, Cool Dog, Sad Dog, Apathy Dog. <laughs> dopey Dog. Yeah, Dopey Dog. Doc Dog. And, of course, Cat Dog. Oh, God. <laughs> cat Dog was the first try abomination that they like discarded and then they got it right <laughs> with the cool dogs which are also probably the air buddies if we're being honest yeah yeah daniel you've brought us this terrible movie and yes, I brought you a, a sequel or prequel yes. to this movie um yes I have. the first question we always ask why this movie uh this movie saved my marriage oh yeah it saved daniel's marriage and you should respect that mike oh sorry of course i feel horrible for us remind me what your uh, spouse's name is Lamp. Mm -hmm. Classic. Mug. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and let me tell you, Daniel, in these trying months, Lamp Mug's been really there for me. I'm really thankful for both you and Lamp Mug for being there for me during this tough, tough year. Um, I'm glad you brought it around, because for a second it sounded like you were just having an affair with my wife. <laughs> I have I mean, actually been, yeah. That's I, Which makes it even <laughs> more embarrassing that I forgot their name. Now that you bring it up. <laughs> Guess this movie didn't save my marriage after all. Now, <laughs> Daniel, post-Anchorman, has it been difficult to express your admiration and love for your wife? Without people laughing? Yeah. Just like snickering? Is that what almost ruined your marriage? Yeah, that, that is what almost ruined our marriage, yes. <laughs> but the movie Cool Talk really turned that around for you. <laughs> Because instead of saying, I love Lamp, you could just go, cool dog. Well, no one talks about lamps at any point in, during the movie, so it's... Yeah, that's true. I was trying to think of a good transition to Madison's math facts. Well, I'll tell you what. This story just doesn't add up. Did somebody say math? The math. 
did you both know that the math used in the body-switching episode of Futurama is a real theorem created by Futurama writer Ken Keeler, who has a PhD in applied mathematics. <laughs> math. Here's the thing. I actually did know that. You did? Yeah. Oh. I like the show Futurama, and I have a friend who's like a super fan, and so I've heard generally like a lot of the weird tidbits about Futurama. Uh, what's, a, what's a Futurama? It's when a fry and a robot just have a bunch of good times together. It's also a okay. cyborg llama. All right, that checks out. Sounds like a cool Friday night to me. <laughs> Math told me this. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. There isn't enough room in the universe to write down the number Googleoplex, even if each zero was the size of an atom. Was that supposed to be a riddle? <laughs> <laughs> Womp, 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 womp. Next math fact. <laughs> if you fold a standard piece of paper in half 103 times, the thickness of it will be greater than the size of the observable universe. <laughs> I feel like, Daniel, I feel like I opened a genie bottle that I now is unable to put the lid back on. The math facts are done. I blacked out for a second. Is everything okay? <laughs> yeah, it's just the spirit of math moved through you again. Okay. It took you as its vessel. Until next week. <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to say this, but moving away from math facts and onto the movie Cool Dog, I don't actually have any tomatoes this week. On Rotten Tomatoes, there were only two pages of reviews and none of them were dumb enough. So there are no <laughs> tomatoes, which is fine because I hate this movie and <laughs> everything it stands for. Why? It's just about a boy and his it's cool dog. It's not a good dog. movie. Why, why are you guys slaves to big cool dog? It's got all the elements of a great movie. It's got <laughs> good family values, God, and a very cool dog. What else could you ask for? Okay. Actors, a plot. I don't know, a dog not stealing a car and driving it around. <laughs> I want you to hear what you just said and like really reflect. I've seen it before. I haven't seen a dog be three gentlemen on a train in checkers. That I've never seen. That was fun. I've seen a dog steal a car and drive it. Mike, Mike, Mike. The cool dog just doesn't drive a car. He also drives a train and a boat. And a boat. <laughs> Wait, he drove the train? Maybe he was just doing the whistle, but, I mean, semi-drove a train. <laughs> he did the hard part of driving a train, which is manning the whistle. <laughs> yeah. Get at me, our huge conductor <laughs> fan base. But yeah, this movie wasn't good. <laughs> My favorite part of the movie is that during a lot of scenes, people's mouths weren't moving. But somehow they were talking. And it's not like this is a dubbed movie. This isn't a foreign film whatsoever. It's just that they decided to overdub the actors talking as they're walking or running around without them actually saying anything. My favorite part of this movie was how Jimmy's dad, the only time his face actually changed expressions was at the end when the dog came back to life. Every other time in the movie, whenever he acted, his face was just like a blank slate. And like once or twice, he half smiled a little bit, but his eyes never like changed shape. Even when he's like staring wistfully in quotes, like about how he's going to have to tell his son that they need to move yeah. and he can't take the dog with him. He's just the exact same expression as when like his wife gave him his breakfast like yeah my second favorite part of the movie is that jimmy's dad looks like a poor man's ray liotta <laughs> <laughs> daniel what was your favorite part of this movie my favorite part of the movie is when they're on the train to new york mm -hmm. 
and the father and Jimmy have to have like a heart to heart talk. So the mom fades into the background and very aggressively reads a tour guide book and is very into it. Yeah, the mom in this was weird to me. Was like incredible. Her the character note she got was just like be mad about everything. Yeah, always be angry. No matter disappearing what. southern accent it was so good or her her note is that the son likes the dog but this son and his and his dumb dog are really affecting your husband's job somehow <laughs> and yeah. his success and his promotion and his insurance job <laughs> that moves him to new york and that's the thing that killed me was the dad said like once we get there we'll try to we'll try to find an apartment that'll allow dogs like he just they were like this is the apartment you will live in he couldn't yeah. have like found one before they had to move this movie just does not hold up daniel i'm sorry you know <laughs> i mean i can i can take the car driving dog and like the uh <laughs> i could take the part where the dog literally was dead for like three minutes at the end of the movie and then he came back to life but that that's just where it falls apart for me <laughs> mm. daniel what made you choose this movie i guess for us to 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 write uh, I was considering uh, movies that I would like to see sequels to. Of course, Cool Dog is one of my favorites. And I was uh, struck with a, a stroke of brilliance that uh, unfortunately did not pan out within the timeline. But I thought it would be uh, very interesting and gripping to kind of see Jimmy and his very cool dog uh, tackle kind of the, the national trauma of a post-9-11 America. Uh, unfortunately, the first movie does take place in like 2005, so it didn't quite pan out timeline-wise, but I had already pitched the uh, the movie to Mike and Madison, so I stuck with it. I mean, there could be a time machine. This could happen. Oh, man, why not think of that? <laughs> yeah, the cool dog builds a time machine, because why the fuck not? Like, Why not? He can do everything else. So, we are going to actually put in a synopsis quickly of the movie here because we don't have any tomatoes and uh, the math facts went pretty quick so we are going to go ahead and put in a synopsis of the movie cool dog now, now jimmy and rainy were the best of friends then jimmy moved to new york it almost had to end but rainy didn't give up he started tracking found jimmy in trouble right here in manhattan That's pretty much all you need to know. Yeah. Other than the landlords were running an illegal pet shop. Exotic animal smuggling ring. Yeah. Yeah. They they were selling exotic animals. There were like two very weird, like the the zoo at the very beginning of the movie, like wasn't really a zoo. It was like a park with cages. (laughs) It had like one cow and like a camel. And it also had a baboon. Like it had a baboon. That's right. It had like a dog, a camel. A bowl, some chickens, and a baboon. I must have missed something early on because when the dad was talking to him, I thought that they were giving him to like the dad of that little girl that the dog saved from the bridge because he said a person's name and I was under no impression that it was a zoo. And what kind of buck wild person is like, 
well, we need someone to take care of our very cool dog. Let's just give him to a zoo. They love animals. Let's give him to that creepy zoo down the corner that <laughs> yeah, has the like, baboon and the camel. That was built in the parking lot of a Walmart. The same kind of man who watches his son tie his expensive iPod to the dog's collar <laughs> and thinks, this is fine. Oh, a third favorite part of that movie, when the zookeeper got really excited about seeing that iPod <laughs> like tied to the dog that was clearly from like... I guess if this was made in 2005 or this was set in 2005, mm-hmm. that iPod was probably a good four years old at this point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's like, jackpot. My favorite part of this movie also was when the dog saved that little girl from the bridge and Jimmy did jack shit to help. Right. This girl is oh, dangling yeah. from the bridge and, and she might die. And he's like, I'll go get help. And she's like, no, like help me now. Whatever. So the dog goes running. And then he's just like, eh, he's got it. It's fine. Doesn't even still go yep. for help or anything. <laughs> Jimmy has way too much faith in this dog. I mean, he's a cool dog, but I don't know if he can do everything. He's like, um, nah, we police. We clearly saw in like, the scene right before this, him ex- escorting a blind black man in a wheelchair <laughs> because... <laughs> they just needed to like show how incredibly good this dog is yeah i loved at the very beginning my first laugh of the whole movie was when the dog is doing tricks and stunts and someone just goes whoa cool dog like yeah. off camera and it's like well there's the name of the movie uh all right well unless anybody has anything else i think we should probably get to yeah right. cool dog too yeah, let's get into it. I, I haven't thought of a, a subtitle for sure. that yet, so maybe when I get through this pitch, you guys can help me uh, okay. come up with something there. But uh, So, Cool Dog 2. This film is going to open up uh, with like a school bell ringing, and you know the school doors first open. All these high schoolers come flooding out, you know, they're all whooping and hollering and chattering because it's summer break. Probably one of the kids is going to get dubbed over shouting, yeah, summer break! <laughs> His mouth is going to be closed and no teeth, no movement at all. He's just going to have his yep. hands up. And he's like, yeah, summer break. Uh, but there's one kid who isn't rushing to get home. And that's Jimmy, our beloved protagonist, who's still sitting in the library with his headphones in. He's taking some notes on a book. Um, a spiky haired youth that we might remember from the previous movie. It's Billy from Billy and the Cools with a Z. And a K. <laughs> And okay, uh, pokes his head through the door and spots Jimmy, and he calls Jimmy, and he you know kind of claps Jimmy on the shoulder to get his attention. Uh, Jimmy looks up and takes out his headphones. We can hear he's listening to, of course, the iconic Cool Dog rap. And they talk, and you know Billy's like, you know what's going on? You're still studying. It's summer break, man. You know this is our last summer before college. It's time to cut loose. Uh, me and the Cools are gonna go head to the skate park and smoke cigarettes. You wanna come? And. Uh, Jimmy refuses, but you know, like affably, they're they're friends now. Uh, Jimmy has earned Billy's respect in the in the uh, intervening years, um, and he says he's getting uh, jump started on his freshman reader. So that's why he's taking notes in this book. And then later, he's going to help the science teacher, you know, pack up some equipment and move it to his car. So Billy's kind of like, you know, well, you're lost, and uh, he heads out. And Jimmy puts his headphones back in, and because. Jimmy put his headphones back in. He didn't hear the sirens going off in the distance. Oh, shit. Yeah, uh, we, we cut from that scene, and it's dark out now. You know, the day's over, and Jimmy's skating casually uh, home down his street. And in the distance, he sees the flashing neon lights of police cars parked outside his apartment. So he, he runs up, you know, concerned to see what's happening, and he pushes through the crowd of people. And on the steps is his father, Dean, and his stepmother, Laura. And they're uh, kind of, like, holding each other um, and very sad. There's a, like a police officer standing in front of him, like with this kind of hat in his hands, 
uh, delivering the bad news. And Jimmy comes up and, you know, he's like, you know, like, Mom, Dad, what's going on? You know, what's happening? And and Laura begins, you know, Jimmy, I'm so... And she she can't finish the sentence. She's just, just so choked up with emotion. She starts crying. And Jimmy's father finishes first. It's about rainy, Jimmy. And, you know, his voice is also very thick with emotion. He's trying to get through this. Um, and, you know, now Jimmy's afraid. Uh, he wants to know what happened to his dog, right? He's like, you know, what's going on? And the officer explains. He says, uh, there was a fire in this uh, low-income housing complex. And, you know, we think it was faulty wiring. And uh, at this point, even the officer's voice gets kind of choked. And he says, there were seven kids still stuck in that building. And it was it had gotten too hot for the firefighters to get in there. And uh, the officer kind of dabs at his eyes and says, he came out of nowhere like an angel. Before anyone realized what was happening, he came back with the first kid. It was a miracle. Uh, the officer lets out a shaky breath and tries to compose himself. But he kept going back. No hesitation in those eyes. Jimmy's shaking his head. He doesn't want to believe. He can't believe what he's hearing. He got all seven kids out. God bless him. That's the bravest dog I've ever had the privilege of meeting. I'm, I'm so sorry. And the officer can't hold back his tears anymore. And he starts crying into his sleeve. Dean and Laura embrace Jimmy, crying as well, and the camera kind of zooms up and away from this scene as Jimmy struggles and sobs and shouts for his dog. And so from that scene, we kind of fade to black, and we open up again, and uh, on an alarm clock at 7.59, it switches to 8, and the radio comes on, uh, just as the DJ saying, Been a long three months since the tragic loss of New York's finest canine, Rainy. Oh shit, he died? I didn't get that from the last scene. Yeah, nobody actually finished a sentence that said he no, died. Yeah, so like, true. <laughs> I wasn't sure what happened. Well, we'll be playing some like very sad music over this scene, so that you'll get the the tone. In the arms of the uh, angels by Sarah McLaughlin. Yeah. Oh, you think we can afford that on this budget? Mad World. <laughs> Ooh, we still miss you, bud. This next one's for you. And then the radio's gonna start playing um kind of a remixed modern version of the Cool Dog rap. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to get Usher for this one. We, I don't know, but that's that's the goal. Madison, don't ask. I'm not remixing the Cool Dog <laughs> rap. Hey, Mike. Uh... Yeah, trying to get an Usher Skrillex collab going for this one. My people are contacting yes. his people. And, you know, Jimmy's hand flies in from out of frame and slaps the clock, stopping the song. And there's a knock on the door, and Laura sticks her head in. And, you know, it's like, Jimmy, are you up? The train leaves in an hour. We don't want to be late for your orientation. And from underneath the covers comes a muffled, go away, Laura. And Laura looks uh, hurt by this. And she she steps into the room and kind of approaches the bed. She's like, look, Jimmy, I know how much losing Rainy hurt, but... Jimmy sits up and his eyes are blazing with anger. He's no longer the this clean-cut, wholesome kid we saw earlier in the film. You know, his hair is all long, disheveled, and dyed black. He's got this big grunge thing going on. And uh, there's big bags under his eyes. And he looks a lot paler. And he says, you don't know anything. You always hated Rainy. You hated him. I bet you're glad he's gone. Jimmy hurls his pillow at her. This sort of rebellion should have happened like way before he was about to enter college, right? <laughs> well, he had such a cool dog that it kept him, you know, on a yeah. good I think you're underestimating the, the cool dog effect. Yeah, yeah. Dog's very cool, Madison. And so Laura retreats from the room. It was the only thing keeping him pure. <laughs> it was the cool dog. Haven't you seen Spider-Man 3? Is there a dog in that? No, but I mean, Peter Parker goes emo at like 30. True, yeah, at like 24. Yeah. <laughs> there is in the background of the first two, and then he's there's no dog in the third one. Oh, so. I see. Yeah. All right, so uh, now the whole family is uh, on the train. They're going to D.C. actually this time. He's going to college in D.C. Um, and Jimmy's in a row ahead of his parents, and he's moodily looking out the window, dressed in like all black with like a band tee or something. A very skater. What's the band tee? Uh, I don't know, probably like... 
Slayer. Slayer. Okay. Again, hitting this hitting this kind of rebellion really late. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On the way to college. Okay. So and Laura's eyes are still red from crying, and she's looking. It's going to be a remix of that iconic scene from the first movie, where she's looking at the guidebook for New York. Now she's looking at the guidebook for DC. She's trying to do the same kind of scene where she's like, "Oh, aren't these sites so cool and neat?" But uh, she's obviously very still distressed, and she's just trying to mask that with like this happy tone, and it's not really working. And uh, Jimmy ignores her completely, and Dean kind of comforts her as as she starts crying again. She's so hurt. Um, so Dean again moves up a row to have a heart to heart with Jimmy again, and Laura probably does something great because I love this actress. She always knows exactly what to do in a scene. So I'd just let her improv here if I were directing this. Mm-hmm. And he tells Jimmy that this kind of behavior isn't what Rainey would have wanted. Jimmy kind of brushes off his dad and puts it into his headphones for the rest of the trip. When he pulls out his phone to turn on the music, uh, we can see he has several unread texts from Amy, the girl from the first movie that he befriended. You up? Yeah, right. Uh, no, it's, it's all these texts, you know, like begging him to text back, you know, trying to make sure he's okay. But he's obviously been ignoring her. You haven't been the same since your cool dog died. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he closes out those notifications, turns on the music. Um, it's probably not Cool Dog anymore. It's probably Slayer or whatever band he's wearing. I don't know if we can get Slayer, but Slayer-esque. Yeah. I actually don't know what kind of music Slayer makes. Is that metal? It is metal, yes. Okay. <laughs> Every time you hear him listening to like any... <laughs> it is always Slayer, but it's just the opening of Raining Blood. So you just hear... Perfect. Um, and so then we kind of go through his orientation. I'm imagining, like, uh, this very artful kind of, uh, who's the guy who directed, like, Shaun of the Dead? Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright-esque, uh, you know, this fast cuts, mm-hmm. uh, kind of, like, framed on Jimmy's dead-eyed stare as, you know, the orientation happens around him mm-hmm. in these fast cuts. Uh, he's clearly just kind of there, but he's not partaking. And then we finally get back into, like, the flow of the movie uh, where he's finally settled at his dorm room and he's unpacking. And he's pulled out a framed photo of him and Rainy, and he places it carefully on his desk. How big is it? <laughs> it's it's just like uh, you know, tiny. It's not like a, a portrait kind of. Photo I, I was now. gonna say like you put that on like a dorm room wall, like a huge like portrait. That would like, be pretty good. Actually. Gilded got, gold frame. It's got lights <laughs> under it, so at night it lights up. <laughs> So while while he's doing this, a, a voice calls from uh, behind him off screen. Cool dog. And Jimmy turns and meets Ace, a long-haired youth with a septum piercing, carrying a duffel bag. This is Jimmy's new roommate. Jimmy and Ace talk, and Jimmy explains how, you know, Rainey's dead now, and Ace is very sympathetic to that. And Ace, has, uh, Ace relates to that and is like, yeah, my old man kicked it when I was 14. It totally sucked. My mom remarried this rich asshole like she could just replace him. And Jimmy kind of sort of smiles at it and is like, it's not really the same. Rainy was special, but thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, Ace uh, says, you know what helped me, though? And he reaches into his duffel bag and pulls out a half-finished bottle of vodka. And Jimmy's eyes go wide. And he's like, we're not 21. That's illegal. And Ace laughs and says, so what? I don't got a dad. <laughs> and then- And he takes a healthy swig of the bottle and then offers it to Jimmy. After a moment's hesitation, Jimmy accepts. 
Um, and then we get to the next morning, and Jamie's kind of stumbling, bleary-eyed, kind of hungover to his morning lecture. Um, and he enters the door, and the professor calls out to him, You're late, Mr. Lerner. I had to come up with a last name for Jamie. I couldn't sure. find one. Um, Lerner's also the last name of the director of the first movie, so I thought it would be a fitting homage. Sure, yeah. Just a couple of fun facts. Sure, behind the scenes. all your fans out there, yeah. Um, and Jamie glances at the clock, and it reads 10.05, and he's like, uh, Only by five minutes. Uh, and this professor says, yes, five minutes your peers have been here, attentive to my lecture, which you are disrupting by entering late. You are stealing knowledge from your peers, uh, with your inconsiderate behavior. Uh, and Jimmy kind of tries to move forward. He's like, that's fine. I'll just, uh, just keep going. I'll, and the professor interrupts him again. He says, you will leave, Mr. Lerner, and you will come back when you learn the value of punctuality. Wow. Yeah. And, and Jimmy's trying to protest. He's like, but Mr. Witt. And then the professor cuts him off. Professor Whitting. Uh, Professor Whitting, that's not fair. What would be unfair is to give you allowances I have not given anyone else. Good day, Mr. Lerner. And so Jimmy storms out from his probably, like, atheist professor's lecture. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, uh... What, what was he teaching? What what class was that? Probably, like, intro to science. Just a real quick, what was the curriculum? Yeah, uh, the classes that Jimmy signed up for, he had uh, intro to science. Mm-hmm. Then he had math 101. Did somebody say Matt? Oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, then he was, he had a two hour weekly block of studying pig Latin. Ooh. Pig Latin and sign codes. It was a double credit. <laughs> and then uh, he ended his week with uh, History 302. He tested in. All of his pig Latin notebooks, just all the pages just say, okay, og day. <laughs> yep, 100%. And that's going to count uh, so- for his foreign language credit. So uh, Jimmy storms out, and once he's outside, he kind of like chucks his backpack because he's so angry, and he like yells, uh, just a wordless <laughs> scream of rage. Ah, I miss my dog. <laughs> yeah. Um, and his backpack actually hits Ace, who was napping on a bench nearby, and uh, so they they sit down and get talking. Jimmy explains, you know, about all the crap Professor Whitting, the man, said to him. And Ace kind of laughs and uh, says that he could help him, quote, chill out, uh, which reading back now does sound vaguely sexual. So maybe we'll rewrite that in the edits, Uh, especially since my next line in the script was Jimmy Curious follows him. Boy, did not think that one through. All right. So going to make a note there. Ace leads him to a house. Not getting better. Okay, I I see where I'm going. It's not getting better. Ace leads him to a house. Just lean into it. Uh, and does like a special knock on the door and the door opens up and they get inside and inside are just a bunch of naked people close <laughs> inside is what I would like to call, locally call a weed den. There are college students, uh, laying scattered across couches in beanbags, unmoving. There's one student in the corner staring up at a movie poster and laughing hysterically. Wait, what's the movie poster? <laughs> uh, I don't know if we can get the rights to put a movie poster in our movie, so it might just have to be, uh, like a parody movie. Oh no, it's Cool Dog One. That's it. There you go. Okay. Problem solved. It's Awesome Cat. It's awesome Cat. Awesome, cat. <laughs> awesome uh, Kangaroo. <laughs> that's just Kangaroo Jack. Yeah, that's true. It's Kangaroo Jack poster. We'll get uh, the rights. I know some people. Yeah. yeah, that one shouldn't be hard, actually. Um, and, you know, uh, light streaming through these half blinded windows, uh, picking up the thick clouds of smoke floating in the air. Uh, and Jimmy asks, you know, what's that smell? And Ace just laughs and leads him deeper into the house. They arrive in the kitchen where Ace introduces him to Aaron, who I have written as a real stoner-looking piece of shit, who is sitting at the t- kitchen table rolling joints. 
After some friendly banter, Ace buys a joint off him and lights up, taking a long drag. He offers the joint to Jimmy. After kind of a similar exchange to what happened when he offered uh, alcohol to Jimmy, Jimmy does take a hit. And as he breathes out, we're going to do another very artful cut to him just kind of chilling out on a couch, sandwiched between two other completely zoned out college students. And it's here, while Jimmy is gazing aimlessly into nothing, that we see, cast in the fading sunlight through the window, the shadow of a dog. Uh, Jimmy looks at it and wonderingly whispers, Rainy? And turns to the window, and um, you can see just barely like the shape of a dog moving off. And he kind of stumbles to his feet and leaves the house, and hears barking. And he begins to run, calling after this dog. But the dog seems to be always just out of sight. Um, and so we have uh, like a big chase scene where he's chasing this dog that he can never quite catch. And he rounds a corner and collides at full speed with a man. You know, he knocks his briefcase or whatever out. And uh, the man yells at him as he collects his stuff and Jimmy apologizes. Um, and kind of picks himself off and pats himself down and kind of gets his bearings. And he realizes he's in front of a church. And an older man in a priest's road comes out with a broom and begins to sweep the path. Uh, and the priest kind of says, you know, like, please excuse his behavior. He's under a lot of pressure, referring to the man who just left. The priest and Jimmy get to talking. Jimmy learns that that man is a real estate magnate uh, in New York who grew up in this neighborhood and likes to visit this church uh, when he's here on business. So uh, they, they talk about, you know, faith, and Jimmy talks about how... Oh, go ahead. You look like you have a question, Mike. They're in Washington still, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay, no, that's the guy's works in New York. Yes. But when he's in Washington, D.C., he comes to the church. Okay. Yes. For some reason, I thought you were saying that they were in New York City. <laughs> like, Jimmy somehow ran all the way yeah. from the weed <laughs> den in Washington, D.C. to New York City. <laughs> that would be very good also. His legs are no longer there. <laughs> They're just <laughs> little nubs. Continue then. I that, That's where I got mixed up. Yeah. So they get into like a discussion of faith and Jimmy talks about how, you know, all those lines about, you know, if God was really there, he would never let something like this happen. You know, all the all the good lines. Mm-hmm. And uh, the priest talks about how those we love are never really gone from us, and God sends them down as angels to watch over us. Jimmy doesn't quite believe what this man is selling. So with his high worn off and dejected he couldn't find this dog, Jimmy leaves. But uh, as he's walking, he hears like some rustling in a nearby kind of hedge, and he thinks it might be the dog. So he goes uh, into the, the hedges to kind of try to see what's up. And once he's in, he can kind of peer through the other side. He overhears people talking. And he sees it's the real estate magnet he bumped into earlier. And uh, the real estate guy is meeting with a very shady looking man. And he's listening to what they're saying. And he overhears and uh, realizes that the fire at that low income apartment complex Mm -hmm. was arson set by the shady man uh, who was hired by the real estate uh, uh, magnet who owns those buildings. And he did it for the insurance fraud. Um, And now that he has the money from the insurance, he's going to use that to fund something much bigger. He's going to orchestrate a terrorist attack on New York which will cause people to flee the area, move out, which will drive down property prices so he can buy up. And then uh, after they're all done, they're just going to plant some evidence and frame an innocent guy to get the cops off their trail. Jimmy can't believe what he's hearing. Um, and as he tries to move closer to get a better look at the shady man, he steps on like a twig, makes a noise, and the two guys turn and uh, almost spot him. And so he, or they, they know someone's there, but they can't quite see uh, who he is. So then we got another chase scene where... Uh, Jimmy's running through these alleys and all that and they're chasing him and at one point he's trying to climb a fence because he hit a dead end and he's struggling to get up there and the guys are catching up it looks like they're gonna catch him and then there's a furious barking and then a dog we can't quite see because it's like kind of out of focus jumps on them and wrestles them to the ground allowing Jimmy to escape 
And here's where my notes get a little sparser, but, uh, so Jimmy initially tries to tell his roommate Ace about this, but Ace and all of Jimmy's new weed friends are too busy doing weed to care, so Jimmy does, uh, reaches back out to Amy, who is going to college somewhere in the DMV area, so she's nearby-ish. What does DMV mean? Stands for Delaware, Maryland, uh, Virginia. Virginia. Okay. Yes. Hmm. And so she's within a train, you know, a train ride's distance, so after discussing with her, she rides up. And then Billy, who's also going to, I think, in the same college as Jimmy, maybe? And some of the cools, not all of them, uh, all come to form some sort of plan to stop this terrorist attack. And not all the cools made it. No. DC colleges are pretty legit. Like, Billy yeah. and the cools are all very studious on top of being childhood bullies. Just because they're mean doesn't mean they're not smart. They, they still made time for studying after bullying. Yeah. It's important to have your extracurriculars, like bullying. Yeah. Billy was stealing lunch money to pay for night classes. Yeah. <laughs> and so there's, you know, they probably like break into the guy's office to steal information or whatever. There's probably some scenes where, you know, kid hijinks where you fight armed men, but your children, you got like marbles and stuff. Something like that. You know, the shit. They're like 18 now, though, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's still adult men, so it's fine. It works. No, it's fine. Just kid, kid hijinks with 18 year olds doesn't seem as like adorable, maybe. That's. What makes it fit in this movie. Fair enough. And they also probably defuse a bomb or something. With, with slingshots. Yeah. You know, something like that. At the end of the day, the movie ends. The crisis is averted. Jimmy's faith in God is restored. Hallelujah. He's learned the evils of weed and alcohol. Hallelujah. And is now back on the straight and narrow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Something about angels being real and watching over us. The real estate guy gets arrested. New York is safe. And Jimmy, somewhere in this process, finds a small German shepherd puppy who... I said names Rainy too. It probably is something a little more sentimental than that, but it is essentially a Rainy surrogate. This dog does do a very bad CGI wink at the camera as the last shot of the movie. Good. What if it's Brainy and he's smart dog? (laughs) The smart dog diffuses the bomb. Yeah, so Great. Daniel, do me a favor, repitch this whole movie, except Jimmy runs into the smart dog, sad dog, apathy dog, like siblings of Rainy from the yes. Who Let the Dogs Out Baja Men song. Yeah, so so Steve Buscemi is, uh, has genetically created these dogs and wonders if maybe God stays up there because he too fears what he's created, and then the dogs <laughs> form some sort of league for justice uh-huh. and stop terrorism. Cool. All right, so I like that movie. <laughs> Is Steve Buscemi the land real estate guy? If we could get him, I think that'd be a really good get. That'd be great. We always say we have the budget for whatever movie you want to pitch. Yeah. So yeah, we can get Steve Buscemi. I'm trying to get Usher to be the priest, because I feel like if I put him in the movie, he'll be more amenable to doing the remix for me. (laughs) Can Michael Shannon play Ace? I think that'd be great. But we'll do like they did in the first Captain America movie, where they'll we'll just like CGI Michael Shannon's actual head on a like eighteen year old teenager's body. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you were looking for a subtitle, is that correct? Yes. Do you want it to be Cool Dog Two, or like Cool Dog colon and then a thing, or like the Immortal Iron Blurt? So it's not Cool Dog colon something. Which which are you thinking? I think I'm going. I'm going to go with the colon. I think okay. keeping the Cool Dog branding is sure. important. Sure. Cool Dog Two. Heaven is real. <laughs> um, I mean, all dogs go to heaven. I feel like it might give a little bit away of the plot and also might be copyrighted. I don't know, Mike. From from what I could tell from this pitch, 
the dog is not in heaven and he is damned <laughs> to earth to solve crimes after in the afterlife. Now, see, I would also have watched that movie. <laughs> yeah. I will say that copyrighted titles aren't necessarily a thing that we've avoided because our second episode is called Space Jam 2, The Order of the Phoenix. So I don't think... That's very fair. Could we actually make a... Uh... Uh, there's a B plot where we see everything from Rainy the Angels like point of view. Yeah, the uh, the original cut of this film is six hours long because yeah. we had that entire subplot where we reshot the movie from Rainy's POV. I like the idea that that Rainy was too cool when he was alive; that he's too good for heaven, so he has to actually <laughs> come back. He has to come back and haunt the earth and commit sin. <laughs> and commit sins until he's <laughs> until he's like leveled out. <laughs> Oh Christ! Cool Dog Two. The yeah, it's tricky, right? Cool Dog Two. Rainy's dead. <laughs> uh, cool Dog Two. Tears from Heaven. You know, I guess we could just do the like uh Dumb and Dumber naming scheme and just name this Cooler Dog. I mean, cooler but dog. he's barely in the movie. The dog's almost not in the movie at all. But now it's like a Heaven Dog, so it is cooler. What's cooler than a very cool mortal dog is a very cool angel dog. Okay, but we've already established that he's not an angel. He's some kind of spirit cursed to commit sins on Earth to even out his karma so he can get into heaven. Um, cool dog two, no dog, new tricks. <laughs> I think that might that should be like the the like the tagline. No dog, new tricks. Yeah. What if you just put an extra O in cool, so it's three O's now. Works for me. Cool Dog 2, Obedience School. <laughs> Ooh. Because he's in school. I like it. Okay. Cool Dog 2, Obedience School. It's a wrap. Yep. All right, well, we haven't done this in a while, but Madison, would you like to try for one of our classic guest episode 15-minute pitches? Yeah. All right. Daniel, if you'll pull up some form of timer. Yes, I have one open. All right, I'm ready if you are, Madison. Let's do it. Alright, three, two, one, cool dog. Alright, what's your idea? The landlords from the first movie okay. steal the coolness out of the dog. <laughs> and, <laughs> like, the potential, like, like how the aliens right, they steal space the potential. Jam it, right? of, I, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So it's Home Alone 2 meets Space Jam. Yeah. And they're trying to implement it into themselves. And they're trying to chase down the landlords and try to get it back. Okay. Uh, my idea is cool dog lost at sea okay and maybe maybe a cruise ship and okay. it loses power and cool dog saves the day somehow maybe pirates attack it or and he repels the pirates that's really good i like that <laughs> okay i like the nautical theme so is the family on a cruise or is are they which is a ridiculous thought or they just sent the dog on a cruise by himself <laughs> let me rephrase that so is it the whole family is it just jimmy and the dog is it jimmy amy and the dog i think it's the whole family i think maybe they brought amy along because it's like oh you bring your friend on vacation or something sure. like that are they older is it do we have a romance story there with amy and jimmy or is it are they roughly the same age i don't know i thought they were just kind of friends is it like an immediate sequel like this is a treat for saving new york or not new york they didn't yeah. save new york yeah sure the mayor of New York hooked them up with uh, sure. tickets on this cruise. So they're on this cruise, and then pirates attack. Mm -hmm. And I think they immediately start taking captives. Right. And... <laughs> is this going to turn it, into, like, a diehard? <laughs> I think so. Something like that. Seems like that's where this is headed. But we just need some... Um, 
cool like set pieces uh-huh. on the boat where the cool dog is being cool yeah i do want the leader of the pirates to like thwart the dog at some point mm-hmm. and then he says i'm the cool dog now <laughs> okay it's a captain phillips reference if yeah if you're familiar i honestly didn't want to draw the parallel to captain phillips if like not like for any bad reason but i didn't want that to yeah be the go-to but yeah. no, that's good um so I think we definitely have a scene in the, like the boiler room or the engine room because that's a classic yeah. like cruise ship action scene mm-hmm. spot. Probably some kind of like rec hall or casino area or something like that, and then probably like the deck where the all the controls are, the helm, yeah. if you will. I know for a fact that every cruise ship has at least one night in their like cruise journey mm-hmm. is an ABBA night. Okay, and everybody's dressed as white. I know, I know people who, who have worked on cruise ships and okay. stuff. There's always an ABBA night. Hmm. And uh, I don't know if we can do anything with that. But <laughs> Wait, is, what, was that not a bit? Yeah. Oh, so I've, I've been on cruises. I've never had an ABBA really? night. I feel a little, really? feel a little ripped off. Okay, sorry. I can't trust anything you say now, Madison. <laughs> sorry. Maybe you missed it. <laughs> I think we have an ABBA as the soundtrack. And we get, because that group is no longer together, we get an ABBA-esque group. We, we get yeah. the 18s to reform to do a remix of the Cool Dog song. Cool. <laughs> so I, I kind of want a a scene in the galley. I imagine the Cool Dog like flinging food. I don't know why like flinging pudding like is in my mind, but like him just flinging a bunch of like pudding into like the way of someone and they keep slipping on like pudding and like slippery stuff until they're eventually That's knocked good. out. How How dark are we doing this? Are we keeping this like a kid's movie or are we... Why do you want to know if they have guns? No. Well, I mean, they probably do have guns. Whether or not they fire them is a different matter. But I was thinking a classic kitchen fight scene thing is to throw boiling water on somebody. Oh, yeah. But that's that's not necessarily for a cool dog kids movie. What if it's like really hot chili? That's the PG-13 equivalent of boiling water. <laughs> yeah. It's the, it's the home alone take of it. And it's yeah. more spicy, so like the eyes start burning. Yeah, it's, oh. it's, it's yeah, because there's a chili night it's on the cruise It's a spicy meatball. Um, the, the chili night and the Abba night are, ha- happen to be the same night. <laughs> it's really, it's really not a good idea. <laughs> That's great. So what's like the... Because we need, in quotes, like a character arc of a thing, like Jimmy's arc of, I guess, just staying the same, but there's some kind of like personal connection yeah. with the people. Mate, what if Amy, as a friend, is like, hey, maybe you should be a little more independent Oh, without the dog, and let Rainy just like go enjoy the cruise himself and everything. <laughs> See, I was thinking uh, maybe they take Jimmy. But like Amy, yeah. the mom and dad and the captain oh. or whatever are, or some officer of the ship, they hole up in a room like they, they're not actually taken. And so then like the, the officer of the ship is like the man in the ear or he's like helping Cool Dog navigate the ship and Cool Dog's like saving the day. But the officer is. Can you get Bruce Willis for that role? I'm sure we can. I don't think yeah. Reginald Val Johnson's doing anything either. Yeah. <laughs> they could both be in this movie. Yeah. They're both it's and- two people, two officers. Bruce Willis was in the movie Coast Guard, so there you he, go. Perfect. He knows um, some nautical. He knows how to act on on the water. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> so we have the galley, and then what? What next? What do you think? Because like I said, there's usually the engine room, 
And then we have a few other options. There's probably a pool on this cruise. What if they're like a really cool scene? The dog is getting chased on the lifeboats and they're jumping from one to the other Ooh. and they're trying to get the dog and they're jumping from one to the other and a rainy gets to like the switch and then like they get to like the last one and they're like, mm-hmm. ah, gotcha. Then he hits the switch and then the lifeboats just fall. Sure. Then they die. Yeah. <laughs> or something. Yeah. We see them drown. Like it's a five yeah. minute scene of these pirates <laughs> like drowning in the ocean. And Rainy just watches. <laughs> you, you could swear he's smiling. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned like a boiler room scene. I think. I mean, that's what a classic. We don't have to use it, but that's usually in boat movies where there's something hunting somebody or there's fighting. There's usually a engine room scene. What do you imagine? What's going to happen there? Because this is a very cool dog and does things outside the realm of uncool dogs. I imagine him like running around with like jumper cables, like hooking up some kind of like shock trap okay and with maybe with bruce willis or reginald Val johnson like he's got like an earpiece somehow like helping him like now connect yeah. this one to this terminal or whatever like and i think we need like one pirate like the the second in command or something who is just like hell-bent on getting cool dog can can i make a pitch for this yeah, of yes. course instead of the first mate mm-hmm. the captain has a pet chimpanzee Ooh. okay that is like mega cool dog pirate chimp yes yeah. All right. So yeah, pirate like chimp that. is the like yeah the anti cool dog, and so like has been hunting cool dog and is maybe in every fight scene, but somehow always escapes the trap. So this is the like final like head to head of cool so, dog and pirate chimp. <laughs> to confirm, you're saying the the, the second in command of the pirates no, has this chimp, the, or the, the, sec- the captain the, the, does. I the cut captain the second does. in command entirely. Like instead okay. of that character, it is a pirate chimpanzee i was just thinking of like a cool twist being like the first mate being the one orchestrating the thing because he knows a bunch of rich people come on here and then they could like steal like sure everything oh you're saying he's like a plant on the ship he's like a plant on the ship and the chimp is his maybe he's ferryman from the ship not the actual but that that kind of thing okay yeah yeah so yeah okay i like that although i feel like if he's the plant, he would be in the Abba costume, and so seeing him go down in the kitchen scene would make good. sense because of the chili and all that. And he's yeah. wearing all white because it's Abba night. Yeah. I still like that. I think that's good to have him as a plant. I think Daniel's pirate chimp idea is very good, though. Well, I think he could still head. have the pirate okay. chimp. Like, like, I think like it's it, it, it can still be there. It's just like mm-hmm. the, the first mate betrays everybody, and... He also has this chimp that works for him. <laughs> so the he he's hooked up these like electrical things, and the chimpanzee is like managing to avoid most of them, or he lands on this one spot where the electricity isn't gonna like fry it, and he's kind of like taunting Cool Dog. It's so a Cool Dog just lifts a leg and pees on the base of it, and the the oh, pee man. conducts the electricity to the thing. That's very good. I, I just came up with the title for this. Uh-huh. Uh, cool Dog to Doggy Paddle. Nice. So the then the final like the captain, the pirate captain. I think it's like in the like engine room or like in, or it's in the like the mm-hmm. the deck like with the wheel. Right. The, <laughs> or the, helm. the control. The yeah. The helm. Um, nautical terms. And we did get Patrick Warburton for the pirate captain. Yeah. What do you think happens? Like, what do you? I mean, the dog has to steer the ship at some point. Like that's yeah, just a fact. Sure. Like, what if like the pirates head the ship on course to run into like a like a island or something or like i want to say an iceberg because sure 
yeah, yeah, but like, like something, and then the dog. Where did this cruise ship find an iceberg? <laughs> I don't know. This is a weird cruise. Yeah, and then the cool dog, like at one point, drives the ship and like. Maybe it's another cruise ship. Ooh, like they're heading straight yeah. for another cruise ship at like a ridiculous speed because at some point during the fight, one of somebody falls on the like. Yeah, when they were in the boiler room. Oh, that's they, true. Like hit the. Yeah. That's a good point. That, so they're going too fast, and they're having the fight, because at the very last second, Cool Dog has to steer the ship away from the other ship. So he saves not only everyone on board their cruise ship, but the other cruise ship as well. <laughs> That's so cool. Y'all have three minutes. Oh, shit, okay. What are some of like, the other stories going on? Like, what's, What is Jimmy's, like, like, what are the other like plots? So I think Jimmy is in the the helm. For so, like, uh, the hostages are, are in the helm area. And it's only, like, a few of them, because a few hostages is probably enough to keep most people from, like, doing anything rash. Yeah. So, maybe there's, like, a person that's also a hostage that is also being proactive about escaping and doing stuff. So, it's, like, people are also cool is maybe a lesson, like, like, <laughs> well, like, the idea is that, like, Rainy does all this amazing shit. It, it is yeah. very legitimately, like, amazing stuff that Rainy does. But, like, maybe it's time that Jimmy sees also that, like... While Rainy is extraordinary for a dog, he's not the be-all, end-all of, like, doing impressive things. Yeah. And so there's somebody else that is, like, doing some sabotage or whatever that Jimmy sees. And that's the lesson is, like, you know, Rainy's very cool, but this isn't, like, the coolest thing ever. And Jimmy falls in love with that person once realizing that. Yep. And, and they live happily ever after. Yep. So by thinking of how they beat the captain... Jimmy is now free because of the cool other cool person and basically gets down on all fours behind Patrick Warburton and cool dog like pushes him basically. That's great. And he falls down <laughs> one of those like the, like the holes where like there was the ladder coming up to get to the helm like falls down there and is knocked unconscious. That's great. Love it. Then at the very end we see the dog like mm-hmm. throw like the the door on the brig and mm-hmm. then yeah. I think that the Laura has a story where the entire time she's just very, um, she's just reading the cruise ship program very intently, but it's not <laughs> yeah. selling. All this is happening without her realizing. Oh, no, I mean, I think she realizes they're like holed up in a cabin, like trying not to get taken by pirates. I think that she, but she's like, like in the other movies where she's mm-hmm. trying to hide the fact that she's upset or whatever by just very over exaggeratedly reading brochures. Okay, that's great. And then the dog at the very end, when he comes off the ship, he's wearing a captain's hat. Mm-hmm. Then everybody's clapping, and then Ava plays. Time, yeah. Admiral Dog. Admiral Dog. No, I think I think Doggy Paddles better. I mean, unless we can come up with something like ship oriented. Well, here's the thing. Technically, we're out of time, That's so what true. we said during the time yeah. needs to be. We can decide okay. on what we said during the time, but so I think it's Doggy Paddle. Okay. Boom. Pretty solid. Why movie. can't we do that? Every week, <laughs> we need the time. We need the time crunch. We need like I fifteen minutes. From now on, we start by doing fifteen minutes to settle on the idea, and then we spend the rest of the time fleshing that out. Okay, that's not a contractual promise. Frequels. <laughs> so, did we do it? I think we did it. Yeah, I mean, I know I did it, but Daniel always does it. I always do it. You hear that, Brittany? Oh boy. <laughs> always do it god the rivalry continues escalates some might say yeah and if we did it that's credits on another episode of the equalizers madison jones tell the people where they can find us the people can find us on itunes spotify google play and all other places podcasts are found by searching the equalizers podcast
You can also get in contact with us on Facebook and Twitter at The Equalizers. Gmail is equalizers at gmail.com. Uh, we have an Instagram. It is the underscore equalizers where we will post all the episode art. And God knows what this week will be. Something with a very cool dog, probably. Yeah. Uh, I'd say a very cool dog with the weed drug, but we've that's becoming too much of a constant for <laughs> us that uh, we may need to mix it up. Yeah. And as always, we do spell that E-Q-U-E-L-I-Z-E-R-S like in sequel. Like in sequel. Uh, special thanks on our theme song, Rock Thing. Go to Creo. You can find their work at www.creo-music.com. Next time, we will rise to the challenge that Daniel is about to set us. So I've been doing some number crunching, you know, and you guys have put out some great hits, you know, but it's been a lot of cult classics, you know. Um, so I'm really looking to, to score you to the blockbuster you deserve. So I've been, you know... Meeting with the boys upstairs, you've been crunching the numbers, doing the analytics. How are the boys upstairs? Doing great. You know, Greg just had their second kid. Why aren't there more women upstairs? Sexism. Yeah. I know, it's the darndest thing. Wait, this isn't upstairs at the Equalizers, right? Because that makes us culpable. Yeah. Uh, no, this is... Uh, cinema. The, the cinema upstairs. Upstairs at the cinema. <laughs> at cinema. This is the Hollywood Talk to boys. the boys upstairs at cinema. <laughs> and the scoop is, superheroes are super hot right now okay so took a lot of negotiating a lot of bargaining but i managed to get a pretty good get all right next week you two will be taking on sequel four catwoman starring house Barry. <laughs> oh right. man all right all right all right Ugh. hey frequels uh editor's note real quick here we forgot to ask for plugs so i'm gonna throw them in real quick um Daniel has two podcasts. One is Audiomorphs, an Animorphs podcast. Audiomorphs is an Animorphs podcast, which is actually not so much a podcast as a bootleg audiobook. It releases every Friday, and you can find that at audiomorphs.podbean.com. Also, Daniel hosts OK Crusader, a dating podcast that tries to find the most dateable character in the Marvel multiverse. You can find that at OK Crusader on shoutengine.com. So, for the Equalizers, I'm Madison Jones. I'm Daniel Nah. I'm Mike Knoll. Who cares? I don't got a dad. To be continued. Listen to Jesus to me. Just say no to the marijuana. Listen to Jesus to me. This comes straight from the Madonna. Listen to Jesus to me. I'm the face on the shroud of Torrell. Listen to Jesus to me. Do I need to test the urine? Jimmy, don't turn your back on God.